All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in to the UTC Real Estate Club podcast. This is episode five here today on Zoom. We've got our guest, Danny. He is an investor in Austin, Texas, and we're just going to jump right in. He's going to start talking about his story and what led him into real estate and sort of just go, just go back maybe the last few years and what got you to this point. Of course. So first of all, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, everyone at UTC for listening thus far. Um, but my name is Danny. I'm 22 year old active duty Air Force member. Um, I'm currently in the separation process and I am a multifamily investor at heart. Um, now getting started, I obviously was I, I never did college. I went to college for three months and I would run out and go surfing rather than attend class. Um, but I always had a passion to chase something. I always had a, I grew up in San Diego. I always had a passion to grow up and, and have something more, right? So I joined the military. And from there, I decided that I needed to do something going from San Diego to Minot, North Dakota for four years and figure out what am I going to do? How am I going to make money? I need to get out of this Air Force mindset and just stuck in, in the maintenance world. And so from there, I learned how to market. I learned how to grow Instagrams. I was growing Instagrams to 15,000 followers at the time. And then uh, I would reach out to uh, a, lot of, a lot of different multifamily investors and I would offer um, my services for free in order to get 10 minutes of their time. And when I would offer my services for free to, to in exchange for 10 minutes of their time to learn about multifamily, uh, they gave me courses, they gave me masterminds, they gave me groups, and that was pretty much what skyrocketed my success. So last year, uh, for the past two, three years, last year was more game-changing for me in a sense where I was able to work with uh, syndicators such as Neil Bala of Multifamily University and Grow Capitus. Um, I've reached out to Active Duty Passive Income where I was helping them with their Instagram. And now I'm currently working with Real Estate Labs, which is a company uh, made by David Tupin, another uh, serious syndicator in the Austin, Texas market. And likewise, I've structured my own business in order to uh, take down these deals on my own with a team. And so uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. But just a, a little short background, just so you guys have an idea of, of what it was like. Yeah, so uh, you mentioned the Instagram thing. Was that one of the first side hustles you started doing? Were you selling those accounts as you were getting them to 15,000 followers? 100%. So I wasn't selling them, but I was learning how to grow them. I've grown multiple accounts and uh, my personal account right now, it's uh, Danny A. Aguirre. And if you go on there, I have 11.6 thousand followers. It used to be 15,000. Um, from there, I went from an e-commerce brand where I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to find my target audience. I'm going to grow this account. I'm going to learn how to market because I have nothing better to do with my free time in the military. I was just in a dorm in North Dakota where it was freezing cold every day. And so I went from there and I decided to uh, just grow that account. And then I started reaching out to other people and growing their accounts just to get some practice. And then once I really started noticing something, I was like, well, I've always wanted to buy properties. And Act Duty Passive Income told me, dude, you have a VA loan. Like, you don't have to put any money down. And even if you had to put money down, you could raise that money. And I was like, what? You're telling me I could use other people's money? Nobody's going to trust me. And so from there, I was like, well, tell me more. How do I learn? And they were like, well, we have this $1,500 course. And I'm like, hey, I'm a broke airman that just joined the military. Like, there's no way I could pay for that. 1500 back then sounded like a lot. 1500 now is oh my gosh, it's cheap for, for that education. But I had to come up with a solution in order to get that. I wasn't going to come for free. So that's where I just told them, hey, I'll grow your Instagram. I'll help you out with your marketing if you just give me 10 minutes of your time. And eventually that was reciprocated into way more courses, uh, conferences, networking groups, masterminds. You know, And I, I really took that up and I ate it up. And I started just growing. I started going on during, this was during COVID time where I started going on Zoom calls. I started meeting random people and just asking them, what do you do for a living? And they were just telling me all this stuff about real estate. And so that's kind of how I, I stepped into the multifamily space. That's awesome, Danny. Uh, Danny, um, just taking that first step, the first step to networking, what would you, you know, what kind of advice would you give to students, you know, the, the UTC Real Estate Club and all the listeners who are listening in, how important it is to take that first step and just get yourself out there, go talk to people, 
Um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. What, what would you say on that? Okay. Yeah. So absolutely, it's it's important. One hundred percent. If I could give it to anybody, um, I would definitely say network and network your ass off with people in, in your college. Because in all reality, if I went back to college, which I'm actually contemplating now that I have my VA loan, um, or not my VA loan, I'm sorry, my GI bill, um, there's gonna be people that you're in your network, in your circle that you're in class with every day that you wanna build relationships with. It's all a relationships game. But at the end of the day, whatever their major is, let's say it's accounting or it's finance, they're probably gonna make good money someday. And they're probably going to be be investment worthy. You know, they're going to probably want to invest as they're older. So those people, if you can establish some credibility and show them that you're working your ass off every day and you network with them, um, those are people that could invest in your deals down the road, no matter what it is. If it's self-storage, if it's multifamily, if it's single family, uh, these are people that you want to reach out to. Now, outside of college, still, same thing. It's, it's a struggle for me. At first, it was really hard. I had this limiting belief that, dang, I'm the time I was 21 and I was like, man, like nobody's gonna wanna listen to me, I'm young. Like all these people are 30 and 40 years old. What type of experience do I have? So I would just go and, and just be a sponge, sit in a corner and listen to people, you know? Um, I think I'm pretty extroverted, but 100% I had to, I still was introverted whenever I'd get into these groups because I would feel like the, the mice in the room uh, compared to just all these just dinosaurs of real estate people, right? They have 1500 plus units, but you just got to go out there. You got to talk, you got to get into their inner circle, approach the biggest, baddest guy in the room and serve him, make sure that he's good, uh, give him water, do whatever he has to do, show up to these conferences early. And then after that, just, um, just get into their circle and they'll start exposing you to people who you need in order to shift. So uh, always be doing things that are going to provide you money within your business, like cold calling, finding deals, as well as finding investors and networking, but always just constantly do that. Whenever you have free time and you're not watching Netflix or doing whatever you like doing, just go out there and, and network, go out there, do stuff that's going to make you money. Sure. That's a really important thing. Like you were mentioning, you're 21 years old. You have no experience. You're like, why are these people even going to, you know, show me attention? But with what you what you were doing with the Instagram and the marketing is you were providing value to someone when you didn't have any experience or any real estate knowledge to provide them value and bring them deals, but you could help them grow their Instagram. Maybe they didn't have time to to work on. So just find find the way that you can provide value is one way to get in and learn and you know get your foot in the door with someone that's doing big things that you want to do one day. Correct, and it doesn't even have to be like I know I have a marketing background. And for multifamily, especially people in their 30s or 40s, Instagram was hard for them to understand. So yeah, I was able to leverage marketing in order to learn about multifamily. But nonetheless, it doesn't have to be that way. People just want to help people at the end of the day. If you can show people, like I said, you're, you're serving them every time you're with them. You're just completely grateful. You're giving them um, you know, your, your time and attention and you're looking to help them. There's actually this $2,000 strategy that's in Hunter Thompson's book, uh, Raising Capital for uh, Real Estate or for Multifamily. It's by Hunter Thompson. He has this $2,000 strategy where you want to have a $2,000 contact worth of networks, a $2,000 event, meaning if you go to a networking event, you're looking for those $2,000 contacts. And then you're also not only doing that, but you're just trying to increase every time you go to these networking events, who do you need to know? What type of property managers have an objective or an agenda when you go to these events? What type of property managers do you need? So for instance, the other day I texted Tim, I'm like, hey, I'm interested in the Chattanooga market. What brokers would you suggest? That's a $2,000 contact right there that he just gave me because that could make me millions in multifamily. Always have an objective, always know what you need in your business and find those $2,000 contacts or those ideas. If it's an idea, like for instance, let's say I go to, to is it Nick, Nicholas, Nick? If I if I go to Nick, right? And I just tell him, sorry if I, if I butcher your name. But you good? I, okay, good. Um, yeah, so if I go to Nick and I tell him, hey, you know, I need, I, I need an idea. I don't know anything about marketing. How did you grow your page? Or how can I get more investors? And he gives me an idea where he's like, Danny, create a PDF, do a drip campaign. Uh, market to them, figure out who your audience is. That could be the one thing that changes my business full time and me paying to go to a conference or going to a free conference 
and waste, let's say wasting, not necessarily wasting, but spending time at the last hour or two at that conference, that idea could completely change your business and alter your business and make you millions. So always be looking for ideas, contacts, um, $2,000 people, and always have an objective before you go to these networking events. Do you explain what you mean by $2,000 contact? Like, what, like where Correct. Come from? So uh, Hunter Thompson's book, he's talking about $2,000 ideas and contacts because generally these, these networking events are called, are, they usually are around $2,000, anywhere from $1,000 to $2,000. So he calls it a $2,000 contact just because in order to make that $2,000 back, yeah, you got to okay. get your money's worth. Okay. So sorry, I should have explained that at the beginning, but yeah, I, I love awesome. that book. I like the idea that. Sure. Yeah, I've read that book at least three times and I, I write so many notes on it. And that one's probably my, my biggest one. Mm -hmm. It's so true. That's one of the things I always tell people like uh, freshmen coming into college. Like my freshman year, I was trying to get my money's worth in every way possible, like mm -hmm. networking and talking to the people at the school. Because especially in college, all of the people in the school are there to make you successful. Like I mm -hmm. definitely more in the in the business college from what I've seen is like everybody there, their job is to make the students more successful and they want to do their job. So go, you know, go to their office, go talk to them, go let them make you more successful. Like, and that's what they're there for. And I was like, I'm not going to spend all this money for college and not soak, like just squeeze every ounce of value out of this university. This is what I'm here to do. 100%. And there's, there's people just at your college that have so much more experience than you. And at that point, you just want to ask, so soak it up like a sponge, take everything they have, and really apply it and write it down. Um, but one thing I personally do myself, and it may be the military back, background is um, trust, but verify, trust what they say, but verify at the end of the day and ask another operator, what do you think about this? You know, um, don't get too many opinions, stick to one mentor, stick to one person that you could really, really focus on, but always verify. I don't care who it is. It could be your business partner, trust, but verify all the time. Because in my opinion, I just think I'm very detail oriented when it comes to that sense. Um, but when you're messing with investors' money, their capital, you want to make sure that they're okay at the end of the day. Awesome. Absolutely. And um, Danny, just kind of getting... Um... You know, from your going to networking events, you're, you're meeting all these people, you're, you know, bringing value to them. Um, can you kind of uh, describe how that, I guess, I guess only the last year or so, right? You, how long have you been doing this, Danny? Mm -hmm. So a year and a half, March, I want to say January, we'll say January. 2020 is when I started learning. March is when I found my first deal under contract, which is a 50 unit deal that's still under contract today. Um, a little background on that one, I can't give too much as I was saying, just because of the offering that it is, is it was from a mom and pop seller, uh, hotel owners that were distressed, COVID knocked them off the grid and they were like, okay, let's get rid of this property. And it has been a hassle to get down and we're finally getting under control and we're closing in the next 90 days. Um, but it has been a hassle. So I guess just to reiterate on your question, I've only been doing this for about a year and a few months. But nonetheless, uh, the mentorship, the training, the networking, the people in your inner circle are going to give you everything you need. Uh, joining a mastermind has been the best thing I've ever done. And if you're young and you want to join one, I would highly suggest uh, Real Estate Labs Mastermind. Um, I'm a part of Real Estate Labs now because I'm working for them. But before then, I joined their mastermind by David Tupin, or you can follow him on Instagram as Real Estate Jedi. It's just a bunch of people from the agent 18 all the way to the age of 30, probably. Um, and it's 160 of us just just masterminding, finding different ideas, asking each other if we could check each other's spreadsheets and stuff like that, giving us contacts to different markets or different people that we need to get in touch with lenders, attorneys, all that stuff. And so when you start networking and you put yourself into these groups, that's when everything starts coming together because you start talking to these people, you get on a zoom call like this full of like 50, 70 people. And when you have a question, you just ask them, you know, or if you want to show them your spreadsheets, you want to show them your numbers, you put it on the zoom call and 50 people are looking at it and you'll know if you have a deal or not. Um, and so from there, it's just, it's a lot easier when you have a ton of people in your inner circle or even at the college that everybody's going to at, at UTC, um, you have you have Tim, right? You have Nick, you have everybody that's in your inner circle to look at stuff. Um, even then, if you're looking at the Chattanooga market, 
are going to be the, your go-to people because they, they've experienced it. I know Tim has a few doors under, so I know um, he's probably very experienced, somebody to go to, and he's my go-to guy when I need to, to message somebody because I know he's doing it, you know. So um, always put yourself in situations where you're around people who are above you and at the same pace as you and below you so you can always give back. You can always learn at the same time as someone else's and exchange ideas and then the people that are above you so you can always feed off them and I guess learn from them, get that mentorship. That's awesome. You want to uh, just transition into talking about your multifamily real estate business and what kind of stuff you got going on? Do you have partners? Are you doing a, um, you, got, you know, so much stuff going on in Texas or like, what's it look like? <laughs> Of course, I wish I was doing a lot in Texas. I live in Austin right now and Austin is beautiful, but it is competitive. Um, I have a duplex in Austin right now that I'm house hacking and I got it from a another person in my network, just two lovely couple that decided to, after the day they found out I was moving to Austin, gave me this deal just because I'm young. They, they wanna see me succeed and they know how competitive mark, the market Austin is. And they were just like, um, hey, let's let's give you this deal they showed me the numbers and I was like, 100%, I really don't have to underwrite these, but okay, whatever, I'll underwrite it and I know it's a good deal. So agreed to the to the numbers, uh, went and bought this duplex that I'm living in now, house hacking, and the renters are paying us um, more than half the mortgage. And so I'm living here really cheap in Austin, a beautiful city, right? Um, so that's the only thing I have going on in Texas. Nonetheless, the 50 unit in Florida, I that was the first one I ever encountered and uh, I'm still still getting it under, as I was saying, excuse me. Um, and then likewise, uh, that one, I am deciding to venture off and get the experience from that deal. From there, I am moving into my own firm, which I'm in the process of creating right now. It's called Imua Capital, um, which is Hawaiian for moving forward. And so just background, because I'm Hawaiian, I called it Imua Capital. And then from there, I'm going to start raising capital and start almost a fund to fund structure in order to uh, raise capital for other people's deals. But I am very, very bullish in the uh, Chattanooga market. So anyone that's interested in partnering or interested in learning or wants to just underwrite with me in Chattanooga, I'm so eager to, to, to underwrite and find a deal in Chattanooga. So if anyone's interested, please reach out to me. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned one thing that actually has not come up yet in any of our podcasts is house hacking, which I know a lot of a lot of college students, that's their first real estate deal is a house hack because it's such a cool thing to do. Could you, for the listeners, explain exactly what a house mm -hmm. hack is? Of course. So a house hack is not too different from multifamily. Um, essentially, it's, it's multifamily on a smaller scale. The numbers are pretty much the same. You're looking for your principal, your interest, your tax, your insurance, your property management, your maintenance, um, and your vacancies. You want to put that all together. And if you can come up with a number that works in order for you to, you know, make sure that you're going to make money off this deal, or if it's a duplex and you're trying to get really cheap rent, more than market rent, and, you know, own a piece of America is what I like to say. Um, then what you're essentially doing is making sure you have a great purchase price. You're buying it. And then for instance, if you buy a quadplex, which is four units, I don't know the, the rate that everybody's at, but if you get a four unit building, your mortgage, let's say is 3000 a month and you're charging 1500 in rent for those four units. You're living in one, those other three are giving you 1500 a month. Now you're making 4,500 a month when your mortgage is 3000 a month. Yeah, there's utilities and stuff, um, those utilities, you have to pay attention if, if you're paying that or if your tenants are paying that. My tenants are personally paying for their utilities, so that means I pay for my own. So factor that in to the mortgage, right? And from there, everything extra, all the extra cash is your cash flow. So especially if you're in college and you're doing this strategy, you're making money while going to college, getting a full-time education. Maybe, maybe, just maybe you won't have to do a full-time job like most college students. You know, maybe, or you could do a part-time job if you want to make that extra cash. But me personally, if I was in college, I wish I knew about this because you can get an FHA loan. Or if your family's military and you want to borrow their VA loan, maybe you can sign on with a, with a family member. So you put 0% down. Um, but going into the loan structure, 
if you guys get an FHA loan, you're going to get at least 3% down, which is very cheap uh, for most, most people to do. If, like I said, the military is 0% down. I don't know too much about loans. You should probably go reach out to lenders. But these are that's the, the best thing you can do just at, at our age and just at, at for freshmen coming in. If you can do that and rent it out to your friends or rent a room, you know, to even college students, dude, that's that's killer. You're making a killing at that point. And uh, that's that's one way you got to save up to to reach financial freedom, you know. So, I, I I I love it. And whenever I hear college people doing it, it gets me so hyped. It gets me so excited. The the biggest thing that I I see in house hacking in college is that it doesn't have to be a great deal because chances are you're going to be paying rent to live somewhere else. So if you get a duplex that maybe it's not cash flowing, but it brings your monthly expenses down yep. to one, two hundred, three hundred. Like you're, you're not going to rent somewhere for that. Like it, mm-hmm. at the very least, it's reducing your monthly expenses. And then you own a real estate that's going to appreciate. They're going to, you're going to pay down the mortgage and everything and build equity. I mean, especially in a market like Chattanooga. Right. Like 100%. it's, it's a really powerful strategy starting out just because it doesn't have to be a good deal. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I, I, 100, I, I can't, I would, when I was in North Dakota and stationed in North Dakota, I wanted to do it so bad, but that market's fluctuated by oil. Now you should always, um, you should always pay attention to your market. I'm not sure where your audience viewers are mainly from, but I'm assuming Tennessee, uh, Chattanooga is a great market. I'm sure you hear it all the time, but still trust, but verify. Don't just hear what I'm saying and being like, okay, I'm gonna buy something in Chattanooga. No trust, but verify and, uh, use matrix reports, go on Yardy matrix. Uh, find something there. That's a great place to do it. Citydata.com. I think it's city-data.com. Great place to look at median household income, population growth, um, look at all these other metrics. I think they even have crime rates there. You have neighborhood scout to see the walking score. Um, obviously, you should you should look at all these metrics and put it all together. And if you go on multifamilyu.com, I'm not trying to advertise for anybody. But Neil Bala has a course called Location Magic. If you go to that Location Magic course, he goes over all the stuff he uses in order to find the best locations around America. One of the coolest websites is also departmentofnumbers.com slash job growth. Nick has a smile on his face. I'm sorry. I'm giving all my secrets. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, slash job growth. What it has there is where which city, every city, every major MSA in America, uh, how much job growth is going there, how much percentage is going there annually, monthly, quarterly. You can use that to your benefit to know if there's jobs going in there, right? So um, those are just some things you should always look at, trust but verify, make sure everything is good. And before you buy that property, you wanna make sure that your location is set and then your numbers are good second. And then you just go after it, close and find out who you need in that circle in order to make sure that it closes. That's awesome advice. That's awesome, Danny. Thank you for um, giving all your, your little gold nuggets right there. Of course. Uh, uh, Danny, if you could kind of, um, I mean, I mean, what are you doing to find these deals? I, I know you have your mastermind, you have your group, and you guys are um, having conversations. I think we lost those pop up and say like, we're losing like, just like you mentioned those connections with brokers what do you say we lost you there for a second uh, i think my wi-fi is going down can you guys hear me now yes okay awesome well would you guys lose me at i i, I, I think i think i understand what the question was just like what I, are you doing where your network is that where you're finding the deals are you doing direct to seller like what what's your marketing strategy to be completely honest with you, I am a marketer at heart, social media in general, but I have done zero things to find these properties. Everybody in my network has brought these to me. And that's, I've just always been great at networking, I guess you could say, but everybody brought me these deals in order to help them close on it. You know, um, everything is perception. As a marketer, everything is perception. You could see my 11,000 followers on Instagram and be like, Danny's the man. This guy's probably has a thousand doors, but it's all perception. You know, um, I'm not saying I'm the best at multifamily. I've been in for a year. I would personally, I, if I was an investor, I would trust, but verify again, 
um, and really kind of find out who I am. You're going to do business with who you trust. Um, now, as far as what I'm doing now to find deals, I'm cold calling. I'm uh, sending mailers in the next week or so. Um, and But the thing is, is with those is you have to have some capital on hand in order to send those, you know. The, the mailing's not cheap, cold calling is, because you can just pick up the phone and do it, but you still gotta nurture those leads. Um, we actually have a new software coming out for real estate labs, uh, it, and this software is going to allow you to create a list of people uh, that you can nurture, almost like a CRM, but for, for houses, for apartments, for whatever it is that you're looking at, and you can put them in different folders. It's gonna be pretty streamlined. I can't tell too much about it, but it's coming out within the next week or so. And we'll be launching it fairly soon. So if you guys want more details on that, reach out to me on Instagram and I'll be able to provide anything to you guys. Um, but nonetheless, that's probably the best strategy that I'm personally doing myself is uh, direct mail and then also um, cold calling. Those are probably going to be the most lucrative. And then as well as networking with brokers, the best in Chattanooga. Um, Tim, like I said earlier, Tim gave me a great contact. Um, I want a broker to find me deals. I'm fine with people giving me deals and I'll give them a huge percentage. If anybody on here or anybody in, at UTC brings me a deal, I'll give you a percentage. I'll make sure you get a cut, right? So as long as the numbers work, it's all that matters, right? So uh, just finding ways to make deals happen. Absolutely. Oh, that was awesome, Danny. And um, um, if you kind of go into the, the structure of real estate labs, I mean, I know it's a mastermind, but when you're finding these deals, are you going out um, to friends and family, um, investors that you've uh, built relationship with lenders and raising the capital yourself or um, do you kind of just so um, kind of a mixture so when it comes to real estate labs real estate labs is that mastermind but they also have analyzers softwares if you know, if you research David Tupin he's a 26 year old killer like or I think he's 25 about to turn 26 good friend of mine and he's just a killer he's been doing it since he was 19 like that tells you something right and so um he so from there i, I reach out to these people and some of them bring me deals just because they like who i am you know and they just want their advice or they need help raising capital now i can't raise the most capital in the world but what i do is i do reach out to my inner circle i don't have rich family members i guess i wasn't that guy i wasn't lucky enough that's probably why i joined the military but i do reach out to people that i i have in my phone I do reach out to people in my network uh, that are in these masterminds. Now, if you ever read, um, dang, it's a Susan Laster Lyons book, but if you search Susan Laster Lyons, I think it's called Getting the Money. She has something where she talks about, I'm a real big book guy, but uh, one bucket is your family and friends, 10 people in your bucket of family and friends that you think could raise capital from. Uh, one bucket of people in your mastermind that are really already in real estate. So people who are in like single family and don't really care about multifamily or people in Airbnb, short-term rentals or self-storage, they're interested in, in multifamily, but don't really have the time. And then now you're looking for your investors, your doctors, your lawyers in the third bucket. If you get 10 contacts from each of those one, you're probably going to at least buy on one of them. And if you get those people, um, she says $50,000 is usually the minimum they'll put down. But you also have another poll. I would add this for, as a fourth bucket, but she doesn't really talk too much about it. But the people with IRAs and 401ks that don't know how to use it in order to leverage their money into retirement, um, that is a huge subject that a lot of people, a lot of family members, a lot of the baby boomers don't really know about. They usually are used to work, 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 work until you die, you know, and make your money that way. But if they have a solo 401k or an IRA, then they can tap into that and you can use that as investment capital for your for your business. Now, I would 100% go talk to a CPA, go talk to somebody because there are uh, tax tax implications that may affect them. But at the end of the day, sometimes they'll make way more or most of the time they'll make way more than what that 401k is doing on its own. So um, that's another bucket. So I guess I just gave you guys four buckets and find 10 people within those buckets and go and message them, reach out to them, nurture those those leads. And then when you do close, when they do invest, go buy them a steak dinner whenever you see them. You know, go give them a, a pencil holder with your company's name on it. If they like cigars, then build them a cigar thing and, you know, put a cigar in there for them. Like do something creative in order to nurture it and for them to feel like they're a part of something. So um, yeah, I would 100%.
So. I like I like that you mentioned the giving gifts thing. I just listened to a Bigger Pockets episode yesterday about ROR, the return on relationships. Like, mm-hmm. like so, so say your investors, like they give you, um, like say you're raising a million dollars, and that million dollars over the next ten years is going to make you over a million dollars leverage with debt, real estate, and everything. Like, you're going to make a million dollars off of that relationship it's worth spending five, six hundred, a thousand dollars on a gift. Like, would you spend, would you invest a thousand dollars to make a million? Like, yes, you would. You need to, you need to invest in the relationships as well. And, and, and I can't remember what the episode is, but it's a good one to listen to. I think the guy wrote a book called things like giftology or something. It's like the science of like giving meaningful gifts to actually build relationships, like things that people are going to care about. And, and the dudes, he spends like, 650,000 a year giving gifts to his clients and partners and stuff like that it, it's it's an awesome thing but but yeah just like the return on relationship is a really important thing and then you keep your investors happy and they're going to keep giving you money and that's I mean that's what you need that's why you raise the capital I love that I'm going to start using that ROR that's ROR so cool. return on relationships that is so because cool if, just having the it's sort of like the two thousand dollar relationship like having the relationship with someone is going to make you more money just by knowing them. So literally it's a, it's a numbers thing. Like you would invest a thousand dollars to make a million dollars. So spend a thousand dollars on a meaningful gift on those relationships. They're going to make you a million dollars. Yeah. And to be, it's a numbers thing. That's what he kept saying in the podcast. Like 100%. And to be, to be completely honest with you too, I have, uh, I, I know it's hard for college students to be like, dang, like, 500 bucks to give this person a a gift, right? It doesn't have to be $500. It doesn't have to be $20. This deal that I'm in with this 50 unit, the person that is now partnering with me, which I can't disclose, I pretty much built him an email campaign for free because I knew I had a week where I was gonna move to Austin, Texas. This was literally like a month and a half ago. And this deal was about to fall under. And not even kidding you, I, I did an email campaign just from the kindness of my heart made it super easy for him to really understand. I laid out all the steps on how to make this email campaign and how to make sure that it converts, what he needs to do, what the science is behind it. And I got on a Zoom call, explained everything to him, and I made sure that it was the best that I can give. But that wasn't me doing it just to do it. I was just doing it just because I I wanted to help him. I, I love marketing and I had extra time on my hands. He didn't know that behind me was a deal that I was about to lose everything in this first 50 unit deal that I was telling you guys about. And it just so happens that this guy was an extreme operator in the multifamily space. And he was like, what can I do for you? And he was like, you know what? Like, let me know what I can do. I invest in the Southwest market. If you ever want to partner on a deal, let's do it. So once I uh, got the deal back on track, I was like, you know what? I'm going to reach out to him. I'm going to partner with him. He's going to be in this deal. And immediately looked at the numbers. He partnered with us and the deal was back on. And like, it doesn't even, like I said, it doesn't have to even be substantial, like money. You don't have to give $500 to do something. Sometimes people uh, just want to help. And if, if the, the science of reciprocity, I, I forgot the law of reciprocity, I guess people call it, um, is a real thing. After that, I was like, wow, like this is, this is insane, you know? So it's just something to think about too. It doesn't always have to be money. I know as college students, it could be like, dang, like, I don't want to. I'm eating top ramen in my college dorm right now. You know what I mean? So um, it's like, it, yeah, you, it, definitely you, shouldn't, you definitely shouldn't give your last 500 or last thousand yeah, dollars. In, 100%. Cause you, you shouldn't expect a return on it, but, but you're building the relationship that you, uh, 100%. you know, you plan on continuing and, and finding value in. 100%. Cool. That was, that was awesome, Danny. That was fascinating. Um, uh, thank you for telling that story. And that's, that kind of clicks with, you know, marketing majors at UTC, you know, them having the um, ability and this, this knowledge from the university, but also personal interest because they like marketing. They're, they're always looking at it and they can bring that to, you know, multifamily owners, like you mentioned, um, that might not like marketing, but like skating a hand theory, they can go work on a property with an owner, just absorb all the information like a sponge, like we were talking about before. Um, just and just learn and just be valuable in the law of repressive. Um, uh, I guess the process. Yeah. 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 Um, and what was that uh, 
um, Bigger Pockets podcast um, episode that you listened to? I don't, I don't remember what it was called, but uh, it, it was it was pretty recent. The guy, I think, I want to say the book he wrote is called Giftology or something like that. It's, it's just just about gift giving in business. I cannot I cannot remember what the author was or what episode it was. I think it came out this weekend though. I could be wrong. I don't know. Awesome. I'm, I'm gonna find it. Awesome. I'm gonna find it. I love books. I have a whole bookcase full of books that I've read this year, and it's just I'm, I'm gonna read that one. R O R. I'm I'm gonna write that on my board now. Yeah. Do you, do you have any book recommendations? I have so many. Uh, depending on what it is, I read a lot of marketing books. I love marketing, and I love. One day I want to open up my own marketing agency, which I used to have. But you need some cash flow in order to make sure that your a second business is going to, you know, not go under. But mine, unfortunately, did. So um, that's where real estate comes in. Right. So I guess for real estate, there's a, this syndication. There's a syndication book by. Oh, dang, I'm going to lose it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose his name. Anyways, I have this book right here, too. I'll have to circle back with you on that one. But raising cap, raising capital for real estate. How to Establish Credibility, Attractive Investors, and Fund Deals by Hunter Thompson. This book right here, I've read it three times and I always get something new out of it. I love it because if you're the capital raising type of person, he has every strategy that you can use to raise capital. And then also I have marketing strategies that I use as well that aren't in the book. So if you want to have that discussion, let's um, let's uh, DM me and I can, I can, I can help anyone at UTC that would like it or anybody that's listening to this podcast. Um, but likewise, there's a ton of books. If you want to read um, pitch anything by Oren Claff, that's a really good one. If you want to, if you're talking about real estate, I mean, man, any of the bigger pockets books, those are streamlined and, and they're to the point and they're very fundamental. Um, those are really good books. I highly suggest those. Um, but another one is by Rob Beardsley, and this is the best underwriting book. These are like my go-to books. Uh, Rob Beardsley has a, a syndication underwriting book that if you go to Amazon and type in Rob Beardsley, I believe he's 21, 22 years old, and he's just killing it in the game. His, and he has a free underwriting module as well. He gives you his, his underwriting tools, everything for free online at LoneStarCapital.com. I believe it's LoneStar. Don't. I, I, I'm trying to remember all this stuff for you guys to give you everything, but it's not always up there. But uh, Rob Beard's a great guy. You're amazing at, at what he does. And then obviously anything by Real Estate Labs and or uh, David Tupin. His Instagram is Real Estate Jedi. He has a lot of stuff too that's just of value that you want to soak in. Really good stuff. Awesome. And, and Danny, are you mentioning that um, a marketing company was in the future for you could you kind of um, give us a vision of uh, uh what your future um, and how you want to build it and what that looks like absolutely so i want to be an lp as fast as possible as fast as possible so i have i write down my goals every day as of the first day i met tim uh one of his his partners ended up telling me you need a daily ledger um his name is jd frost i don't know if i'm supposed to say that but he's an amazing guy He's like, you need a JD, you need a daily ledger every day. And so far it has been working. It's been keeping me motivated. But uh, anyways, I, I want to hit 10,000 in passive income by January, 2021. Um, I'm going balls to the wall right now to make, or not 2021, 2022, I'm sorry. Um, I'm going balls to the wall right now, making sure that that happens. And from there, I want to invest passively, but also invest in my own deals. Um, I want to raise capital and EMUA capital is going to shift from just multifamily to a um, it, to a fund of funds module that's going to allow me to, uh, I guess, raise capital for other firms and all my, my partners, all my friends. So that way deal flow always comes to me and I'm just raising capital, doing what I love talking about real estate because that's everything I love doing. Also, it allows me to do marketing in order to attract leads, which I love anyways. I love marketing. Now, once I start building enough money within the firm, I want to build my own, um, I want to build my own entity regarding marketing and regarding just marketing, social media marketing in general. If I could eventually have somebody that's good at SEO because I'm not good at SEO, then I'd love to put that in-house as well. I just want to build a marketing agency that is structured around real estate investors 
um, whether that's cold calling, whether that's uh, direct mail marketing, but also social media marketing, because I, I believe social media is very important in this day and age. Uh, 100% anybody that's a millennial or Gen Z is on Instagram. But when it comes to these older syndicators, they don't know how to use Instagram or TikTok and stuff like that. I don't know where we're going to be in a digital era in the next 10 years, but I want to be able to be with the times and be able to market myself to make sure that my business is always growing. But I want to help other people and take them as well. So uh, that's in the near future is once I get there, I want to be able to make my own marketing agency to not only help myself, but help others along the way. And I want to own the Las Vegas Raiders. Just a, a fun fact. Huge, huge, huge Raider fan. Love that, Danny. Um, uh, we kind of unpacked that a little bit, Danny. When you said LP, what, what are you referring to? Um, can you kind of unpack that for everybody listening? Of course. So when you're doing a syndication, you have your sponsors, which are also known as the general partners or the GP. They're the people that manage the deal when you're buying these large acquisitions which are like 150 units. It could be 50 units plus. Um, most people decide to tackle them as a syndication structure. It's just a structure. A syndication is just a structure. So again, just to reiterate, GP is the sponsors, the people handling the deal, making sure the daily operations are intact. The LPs are the investors. They're the people who are passively investing, giving you money. They're the lawyers, they're the, the business owners, they're the attorneys, the, I don't know, the doctors that want to invest because they don't have the time. They give you that money and whatever it is that you structure, whatever you write in your, your op operating member and operating agreement, sorry, operating agreement, 70-30 split, 80-20 split, 85-15 split uh, is going to be given to your LPs, which is going to get the higher split usually, unless you're a really bad GP or I don't know what you're doing then. But let's say you do an 80-20 split, that 80 is going to go to your LPs, your investors, the 20 is going to go to the sponsors. Um, so at the end of the term, the five-year term, whatever the full the full ROI is, 80% will go to your LPs, 20 to your sponsors. And then after that, it really depends on how you write your, your structure, if they're going to stay in the deal after the five-year term, or if it's owned outright by the, the GPs, the general partners, or uh, it's however you structure it. You can get creative as you want, but just to answer your question, that's the general idea of what a GP and an LP is, at least in a syndication. And, and is your structure after that five-year term um, just as as right now is to refinance that and you know pay off the the LPs or would it be to sell it and just kind of split the the profits or it might be on deal per deal basis but just um, one thoughts on it. Correct. It's all, it's always on a deal basis, but the fifty unit we're trying to refi and buy out our investors. And long-term hold, you know, build that cash flow so uh, we can live financially free for the rest of your life. Now, the benefit to that, for those that are a little newer, is if the GPs own that, let's say you have four GPs on a 50-unit deal um, and you buy out your investors and that 100% of the ownership goes to those four GPs, now 100% ownership is allocated to four different, different sponsors. So now you're getting a giant thing. There's no 80-20 split there anymore. It's 100%. That's going to four people. That's a that's a huge, huge deal. So as you can see, multifamily is a long-term play, at least for the GP side. But um, it depends what your investors want. If you're, you have to know your investors. They're your audience. They're your lifeline of your business. So if you don't know what they want, then you can't pitch them on, hey, we're going to refinance and we're going to buy you out at year five. And they're going to be like, well, screw you, dude. I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's really dependent on, on your audience, on your investors. But generally, I would like to do that because obviously who doesn't want to make a little extra cash flow for the rest of their life? But uh, it just depends. You know, sometimes you might sell at year five and then it ends there, do a 1031 exchange or different things. Now, I'm not too, too super experienced to go down that path, but um, those are things that I at least see operators doing. Awesome. Now. Uh, I guess. Oh, sorry, Tim. You, you have a question, Nick? Um, yeah, I, I had one more question. Um, I, I met up with uh, David Olson and he asked me this question and just kind of uh, 
something, you know, just haven't put much, much thought into it. Um, he asked me, he's like, what's your end goal in mind? He's like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to travel? Do you want to be a coach? Do you, you know, multiple different things. And uh, my question for you, Danny, is what, what is your end goal in mind? Obviously, build these companies, your, your marketing company, your um, raising, raising money, raising capital. Um, but what do you, what do you want to do um, the rest of your life? Or what, what is your end goal? I love that question. Um, I was just asked this the other day, and I honestly, it goes back to J.D. Frost, the man, the myth, the legend, because he told me to write down everything that I could ever want in my life. I'm a huge car guy. I've been building cars since I was a kid, and I have a Toyota Supra in my garage that was mine when I was 16, and I love that thing. Now, I'm not a very flashy guy unless it comes to cars and jewelry. That's the only thing. Um, but everything I want in life is I want a, a plane probably just cause I worked on aircraft in the air force. I would love a plane. Um, but at the end of the day, I would love to retire my dad. Uh, he's a police officer in San Diego and I don't think his job is the best place right now to be a police officer. And then likewise, I just want to give back to the community at the end of the day. I don't want to sound cheesy because I'm saying all this stuff, but uh, growing up in San Diego, I've had family members that are gang members. I had family members who just went down the wrong path. And then I have those friends that are just stagnant and don't know how to get out of the, the rut, right? The, the, the rat race. So I would personally love to have those systems in place to go back to San Diego and feed those people that I grew up with, feed those people that are going down the wrong path or feed those people who are involved with the gangs um, in order to not only get crazy stories, but also help them reach success and financial freedom um, and be able to, you know, reach something that, that they never thought they could imagine. Uh, that would be the ultimate goal. But I do want, yes, I do want cars and I do want a, uh, not, nothing, I don't even want a cool house. I just want a lot of cars and a hangar the size of a, of a B-52 plane and a, a nice little jet that I could fly around. Um, that would probably be it, but if, at the end goal, that would be, that'd be it. And some jewelry. Yeah, and some jewelry. I love, <laughs> I love chains. I love, I love gold chains. I don't have one, but I want one. I lost mine. Yeah. That's awesome, Dane. It sounds like your family just, you come from a very hardworking background when you mentioned your dad was in the uh, um, police force in San Diego. And hopefully uh, he stays safe and uh, absolutely love it. And thank you for elaborating on your, on your goals. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for asking. I was just going to move the move the show a little bit towards the end and just start talking about advice. Like, what kind of advice would you give to college students? I guess you're not much older than us at all. I'm 20. You're yeah. you're 22 years old. So, um, and you're just you're just one step ahead of everyone that's listening for the most part. So, what advice would you give to yourself two, three years ago? Network your ass off and understand the numbers. I loved it. I love the numbers. I love sitting there and, and doing it, but I suck at the numbers compared to people that are analytical. I'm, I'm creative at the end of the day. I can market. I can do all the creative stuff and come up with things people don't understand. When it comes to the numbers, I'm not thinking of different fees that I could charge for. I'm not thinking of like, oh, well, we already have overhead parking. Let's charge for it. I'll just be like, okay, cool. You know, they're not paying for overhead parking. Just let them, let them not pay for it. You know, and so those are things that could could make you more money, make your investors more money. Um, but nonetheless, uh, know the numbers, because if you know the numbers, you could sell the deal. Not only can you sell the deal, you'll believe in the deal. And then number two, network your ass off and do not do not slip on this, because that's how I'm finding these deals is my network. Right. I just told you guys that I don't do anything to find deals and shame on me because I'd probably be way further. But nonetheless, just network. I wouldn't be on this podcast if I didn't network and meet Tim, right? So at the end of the day, um, networking is probably one of the biggest things. I don't know where to place them. I, even though I said number one and number two, they're pretty equal. Know the numbers and network because there's two things that control a deal of multifamily. That's money and deal flow. When you have the deal and you have the money, you combine both of them and you marry them and boom, you got a deal. You're going to reach closing. You'll be fine. Everything else, you'll figure it out. It'll all come. But be a great deal finder. Be a great networker. And you'll you'll do great in the business. That's awesome. That's I, I would I would probably give the exact same advice. And, and uh, it's just it's straightforward. I mean, it's yeah. straightforward. 
straightforward. I just, I mean, everybody says this and it probably goes over a lot of people's heads because of how much it's repeated, but your network is your net worth. Mm-hmm. If, if the people you're hanging around aren't doing big things, they're not going to help you do big things. And 100%. You've got to get in the rooms you want to be in and uh, be the person you want to be. 100%. 100%. I think I just texted you that the other day too. <laughs> I, I, I think you did text me the words, your net worth, your network is your net worth. I think you did. 100%. But yeah, 100%. I think it's, it's straightforward and it's just the only thing you need to do. Do things that are going to make you money. Don't do anything extra that's not going to make you money. Just do the tasks that are going to increase your business and make you money. So that's all I really could say. Cool. We'll go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Nick. Um, I, w- I would say this, uh, that's one of the most exciting things about this podcast that we're doing is just to meet amazing people that are just killing it. Like we're talking to a 22-year-old, Danny, that is just raising money and going after these big deals and bringing so much value. And it's just, it's, it's absolutely crazy, but it's so doable. Like you can do this and you're listening to someone that's actively doing it right now. And uh, I, I just think this is so valuable. And it was, it was a pleasure getting to talk today with you, Danny. And I'll let Tim kind of take the reins. He's going somewhere. So, but, yeah. So uh, just to wrap up, uh, you said Instagram is the best way for people to reach out to you if they want to uh, and let them know what your Instagram handle is and anything else you want to let them know. 100%. So it's Danny Aguirre. So that's Danny, D A N N Y. A, the initial, which is Anthony, just A, and then Aguirre, A G U i r r e and from there you can just message me dm me Uh, i also have a personal account that's going to be private that's not the one you don't want to go to um but just go to my 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 public one let me know say hey i listened to this podcast um and and i want to connect with you and i will 100 percent i'll connect with you i'll probably even give you my personal number and we could uh talk about your your i guess your goals and where we can go how you can how you can reach success, right? So um, yeah, reach out to me on there and I will 100% hook you up with anything you need. And uh, nonetheless, thanks guys for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Danny. 100%, no problem.